Welcome to Ormwood Church in Atlanta, Georgia, and to our podcast where we share our Sunday sermons for those in Ormwood Park, Atlanta, and beyond. Our mission is to welcome everyone to explore the living God in all of our neighborhoods, and we value welcoming others, opening our minds, being of service, and participating in whatever ways God calls us. We hope you learn, grow, and find a place to belong with us. Our scripture for today is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 27 through 32. Listen now for a word from God. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax collection station. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up, left everything, and followed Jesus. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house. And there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to the disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Friends, I hate to call you all out, and surely I'm not supposed to do it from the pulpit. But in this story, we are... You are, we are, the Pharisees. And guess what? We're supposed to actually be the partying tax collectors and sinners. How did we get here? How do I explain myself? I'll explain. But let me first make my case on our particular character assignment for today. So in our story, we do have a few characters. We have Jesus, the author of Luke's Gospel, Um, has spent a lot of the last couple of chapters laying the groundwork of his identity as a pretty important guy. He's healed folks with leprosy, helped a fisherman reel in a big catch, commanded a paralyzed man to walk. Jesus is making a name for himself in the region as healer or teacher, maybe even prophet. He's a religiously important guy. We're starting to find that out. Then we have Levi, a tax collector. He's met Jesus, and this face-to-face encounter changes him. He wants to turn his life around because Jesus has loved him. Since he's a tax collector, I imagine that a changed life means that he will stop exploiting people on behalf of the Roman government, but we're actually not given any of those details about what Levi's conversion entails. We just know that it's a complete 180 for him, which is exactly what repentance and conversion means. You turn your life around in a new direction. It's a good thing. And to celebrate Levi's new commitment to life, he throws a large party with his friends. But turns out his friends are also the type of characters who folks think should turn their life around. (laughs) More tax collectors, more sinners, more people who outwardly struggle with their lives, whose burdens and strain just cannot be hidden from others. But that is exactly where Jesus is and where Jesus wants to be with the people who can't keep it together offering them space to fall apart. We see death, we see resurrection in the works, even before the cross and Easter. And then we have our final cast of characters in our story, the Pharisees. These Pharisees have also seen Jesus at work, just like Levi, so they're starting to understand that he is religiously and communally important. But they have a much different reaction to Jesus and to those who follow him. They question Jesus's decision to recline at a table with those who don't have their lives together. They want to know why Jesus is not only seen in public with these sinners, but he's having fun with them, rejoicing alongside of them. 
Is this something a godly man should do? Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners, they ask? Then comes Jesus's response to them. But this time, I'm going to read it in my own sarcastic interpretation, which I think probably reads closer to the spirit of the text. Well, said Jesus, dearest Pharisees, those like yourselves who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick do. I have not come to call the righteous, heavy air quotes, but sinners to repentance. And then Jesus pours another glass of wine and returns to his new friends. Ah, the Pharisees. I interpret Jesus's response to the Pharisees as sarcastic because I know from reading the Gospel of Luke that the Pharisees are the last people Jesus would call healthy. They are afraid of being wrong, afraid to veer off the path they set for themselves, afraid to need someone or something. They're afraid to be vulnerable. They are the ones who, in the end, are so sick with self-protection that they end up arresting and implicating Jesus in the crimes for his death. Jesus is not affirming the Pharisees in this passage, I don't think. He is wielding a hyperbole so that they will reset their expectations and sit down at the table too. But perhaps this time with a few of their flaws facing forward. Now, why on earth am I accusing you and myself, I don't exempt myself, of being like the Pharisees in this story? Is it our condescending tones? No. Is it our extreme self-righteousness? I hope not. Is it our meticulous following of the rules of our religious order? I don't think we would get accused of that. <laughs> Not here at Omer Church. Is it our semi-regular reluctance to, under no circumstances, admit to anyone else that we might be struggling? Ding, ding, ding. It's hard to be the ones who outwardly need help, whether from our own mistakes or from harm that's found us along the way. And that is where we find our kindred spirit with the Pharisees, who do not want to be mistaken for tax collectors and sinners. We want to be the helpers, the healthy ones, just like the Pharisees tried so hard to be. So let me give you an example of how I see this play out for us here. In the last week, I've had no less than four people in the middle of telling me something truly hard apologize to me for telling me about it. They apologized for the struggle, for the misstep, for taking up my time, for being a burden. They've apologized for not being perfect. Ugh, so hard. Chris and I, I will admit, also catch each other doing this, sometimes unloading a story of failure at the end of a long day and then quickly apologizing for basically existing at all. But let me tell you, that is the Pharisee talk. And the Pharisees are not the heroes of this story. The heroes in the story are Levi and his cronies and obviously Jesus. They are honest, they are a mess, and yet they're seizing a joyful moment spent in the presence of God. They are not pretending that everything is okay. Their lives are so inside out that they get to show up as is. What a relief. And it's in that vulnerability and honesty, Jesus gets to show them how to repent how to turn their life in a new direction, how to do a 180 from one trajectory to another. Jesus gets to do Jesus stuff because these people are their whole complicated selves. 
And that is the party that God throws. But to be that close to God at that party, to be on the verge of having a new life or being a new person or stepping out with new purpose, Levi had to do the opposite of what the Pharisees are currently characterized by the author as doing. Levi had to admit that he's human. He had to admit that he's struggling and he doesn't have all the answers. He has to admit that he's gotten some of this living stuff very, very wrong. Levi had to be willing to throw up his hands when things got rough and say, what is next, God? That's the good stuff. That's the celebration at the party. The table at Levi's house, as our series prompts us to explore, is the unexpected place where Jesus shows up. At the table, reclining with people who don't have their lives together, who probably yelled at their kids, maybe are doing jobs they feel unsettled about, maybe they drank a bit too much last night, or they struggle with anxiety or depression or both. The list can be as long as you've got time, but they're willing to show up anyway. And I think it's so interesting that Jesus chooses to be among and is well received by those who are struggling and just can't seem to hide it. But Jesus is unsettling and a threat to those who pretend otherwise. I don't want us to be Pharisees here or to think we have to be, that, that, that that's the expectation. I don't want an apology to be the second thing out of your mouths when you call and tell me that life is hard. Years ago, when we were mapping out what Ormwood Church could be, who Jesus was asking us to grow into, two people said something very similar, Jonathan Arp and Dan Souther, along these lines. They said the church, Ormwood Church, should not be some harbor for saints, but a hospital for sinners. This space should be welcoming for people who are struggling or who simply know that life is a struggle and church is an appropriate place to state that fact out loud. If you cannot say the hard stuff here before God and your fellow faithful friends, where on earth is safe? And the strange thing is when you bring your whole self, the sinner and tax collecting parts of you, this space doesn't turn into a dirge. No one melts. There's no bolt of lightning or an alien coming out of someone's stomach. What happens when all the sinners and tax collectors gather in the story of Luke? Well, Levi's offered a new life, a new way of living, a new person to help him live, Jesus. And then a party ensues. Do not assume that if you bring your full self, you'll be the one party pooper. Nope. The Pharisees are the vibe kill, not Levi or his friends. So let us make this space, this church, our lives of faith, a welcoming table with fresh bread and a shared cup, joy and struggle. Let us be ready to unexpectedly encounter Jesus in the places we feared God would never come, our real lives. Amen.